Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Good morning, Grace Avenue Church family. So great to be with you here online. Uh, I'm shooting this here from my living room. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get to wear my pajamas like many of you are, uh, nor have breakfast, so you're doing better than I did. But uh, with everything going on and all the changes uh, that are happening in our country and obviously here in our church, I'm, uh, I'm just honored that we still get to be able to communicate with one another, get to be family. Uh, if you haven't shared the link uh, to our church fam, go ahead and share that now. Let people know that we're broadcasting live. Um, look, the church uh, has been around a long time. Uh, Jesus established something that's actually alive. Uh, It's not something that survives uh, under pressure. It's something that thrives under pressure. And the church needs to be, always has been, but it needs to continue to be innovative and creative. Uh, We have a great team. I'm very thankful for them. They're here with us this morning, uh, up early and up all night, making things happen so that we could communicate to you in this manner. And so uh, if you know some of our tech team and our audio video team, make sure you pat them on the back and tell them thank you for for making this happen. Lots of changes are happening. I want to make sure that you stay connected to our uh, social media update this week. Uh, There'll be various updates uh, through email, texts, and through Instagram and Facebook where we'll be letting you know Uh, Just all the changes that are taking place, uh, the direction that we're going. Uh, If you didn't see last night's video, uh, we will be canceling not just today's Sunday service, but next Sunday's service as well. Uh, And until we kind of see where this is going uh, with the country and with the city and the state mandates, uh, we're going to continue to just uh, pay attention to that. Uh, We can't project beyond that. So, hey, Hang on for the ride. Enjoy the roller coaster. Uh, God is going to do something great in and through this. This is providing incredible opportunity for all of us uh, to really serve and spend time with one another in different avenues and in different formats. So stay in connect groups, stay generous, uh, keep praying, keep serving people, keep your faith high. Don't let fear uh, take over uh, like we see with so many people running out for toilet paper and buying up all the water. Stay calm, trust God, God has got this, okay? Uh, Let me get into the word this morning. I'm honored to share it with you. Uh, The Lord put something on my heart this morning specifically just for uh, today and for what we're walking through. Um, At the beginning of the year, uh, we set the course as a church. We started talking about making room. That's the theme of this year, but not just this year, it's the theme really of our decade. We said that we want to be a church that makes room uh, for those who are afflicted, those who are less fortunate, uh, those who are in difficult situations, uh, those who are are facing uh, difficult situations. Uh, The scriptures I shared from Leviticus and and Deuteronomy focus specifically on on people who are fatherless and widows, sojourners, um, people who've been afflicted, people who are poor, people who will come into our path, come into our lives. Uh, And the scripture teaches us to make room, to not reap to the edges of our field. In other words, our time, talent, energy, and resources, not to use all of it for the sake of being present and able to help people who are in difficult situations. And unbeknownst to me, uh, our our whole country is in this situation right now where many people don't know uh, what next week is going to look like. They don't know what this next quarter is going to look like. People who had weddings planned and 
concerts planned and sports games planned and uh, work planned and different events. And so this is affecting people. And here we are as a nation experiencing that. I've not seen something like this uh, in my lifetime or in all of my pastoring and, and ministry. I've never seen anything uh, of this magnitude, uh, but I've seen things that are terrible in our country. And I've always seen our country recover. And I'd, I've always seen the church rise in times like this. And that's really uh, my main concern and what I want to speak to today is that we would be fearless and, and also interruptible. Fearless in this sense that the world thrives on fear uh, and they react. But really, as the church, we're called to respond in faith and to live out our faith, uh, not just in a church or in four walls of our lives and with our friends, but really with the world who's uh, experiencing some of this difficulty, people who don't know Jesus. Interruptible, that would mean that uh, we're not too busy to look at who is going through whatever and make sure that uh, our focus is not just on us our, or uh, our four walls and no more, uh, but really the people around us. Uh, who may be going through things. Come on, this has been a great opportunity for us to really put that word into work that we can make room for people in our lives. I want to speak to that uh, this morning. Luke chapter 10, verse 29. There's a whole chapter here, but in the middle of this chapter, uh, verses 29 through 37 of Luke 10, Jesus is speaking to a man who has just asked him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And in this conversation, Jesus tells him, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this man asks a very pertinent question, a very relevant question. He asks the question, well, who is my neighbor? If I'm to love my neighbor as myself, well, who is my neighbor? Is it someone physically next to me that's my neighbor? Is it someone within close proximity to me? Uh, who is it? And as Jesus always does, he speaks in parables to give very clear but also mysterious answers uh, for people who have ears to hear and eyes to see. And he replies to the man this way. When the man says, who is my neighbor? He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes and they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed as well on the other side of the road, ignoring the man. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him and had compassion for him. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on his wounds. And then he put the man up on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of Roberts? Roberts. And the expert in the law replied, the man who had mercy on him. And Jesus told the man, go and do likewise. Have you ever found yourself in a state of difficulty, suffering, wounded, disappointed, and been ignored by people who you thought would be there? People who you thought should be there? Uh, people 
Maybe they were friends, maybe they were family, people you've known all your life. People who passed by you and watched you in a season of your life where you were bleeding on the side of the road. Maybe you were going through something emotional, something relational, something financial, and you were visible to everyone. And yet people saw that situation and ignored it. I know I've been in that situation before. I've also been in situations where people helped, obviously, like the Samaritan, but I do remember what it was like to be ignored, to be passed by. That's what, we, <clears throat> that's what we see in the life of this man who's been attacked. This man has been attacked and left for dead, basically, and historians actually suggest that this area was known, uh, th- this stretch of road from Jerusalem to Jericho, it's about 18 miles, and historians <clears throat> suggest that It was well known that this area of the road uh, was known for attacks. Uh, It was almost named the bloody road, this area of blood where blood would spill because people were used to getting robbed. It was like a bad side of town that you just didn't go to or go through. But everybody to get from Jerusalem to Jericho had to go on this 18-mile stretch. And in seeing this, Jesus is telling a story to people who know this stretch of road. They know what it's like to go from Jerusalem to Jericho because they travel that road all the time for commerce and to go back home. And so when Jesus is telling the story, people are familiar with this road. They're familiar. And maybe even at this point, actually recognizing in themselves that they've seen people in conditions like this. They've seen people who've been robbed. They've seen people who are wounded or in a difficult situation, and maybe they themselves have passed by. So Jesus has already created a very tense situation by putting people in a a circumstance where they have to draw upon the reality of not just the road that they know, but the possibility that they themselves have ignored people who've been hurting on that very road. Again, it says a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. So often in life, it seems as if the bad things that happen to us happen when we're intentionally on our way somewhere. Come on, I don't know about you, but I don't lose my car keys until I'm late for church already, or late for the wedding. And I have been late for weddings. I apologize, John and Haley, Pastor John and Haley, for your wedding. Uh, I, I've, I've, you know, the, the baby doesn't need the diaper changed until Job says a man is born for trouble as sure as sparks fly upward from a fire. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. So trouble shouldn't be foreign to us. Trouble should be something that we understand is a reality. But we also have to understand it's never something that's only experienced by us and not others. Uh, Life can throw you curveballs, and in the midst of it, you can start to feel as if you're the only one that's walking through what you're walking through, and the only one that doesn't know what you're going to do for childcare next week, the only one that doesn't know what you're going to do about your doctor's appointment, the only one who isn't sure how um, the events that you plan to, you know, make money this quarter or this year. You You can almost, on a lonely night, start to feel as if you are the only one going through this. And I want to assure you, not just as our nation right now, our nation is not the only one going through this. Um, As a whole, the world is experiencing this. And our state, our city, our neighborhoods, our communities, trouble is affecting everyone. It's not just you. This last week, we saw the nation brought to its knees in many ways and be put on a standstill. 
where we're having to observe day by day, week by week, uh, how all this will play itself out, how the process will play itself out. We're all left wondering what this trouble is going to bring into our city, into our own homes. We don't know what's next for the health of the public. Uh, We don't know what's next for commerce. We don't know what's next uh, for the stock market. Uh, We don't know what's next for sports. All the sports have been canceled. There's never been something like this, of this magnitude that that I've seen in my lifetime. And I want to reassure you today, uh, everyone is experiencing this, small businesses, people who have future plans, concerts, events. Uh, Today would be a good day to remember that everyone is going through uncertainty right now. Everyone's going through trouble, not just you. It's not just your family. It's not just your future, and it's not just your finances. Uh, We're in this together, and we're learning together, and we'll learn from God together. Um, Philippians chapter 4 is an important passage I want to read because I want you to know that I'm not minimizing the trouble that's coming into our lives as a result of all this. I just do want to direct you to what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians in chapter 4. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Uh, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Uh, Truth be told, most of the people in our great nation uh, don't have to suffer. There are people who suffer and are in very difficult situations, but the majority of America uh, thrives because of options and opportunities. Most of America gets to choose the life that they want. They get to go out and dream and build and establish and conquer and for themselves and their families and their, their business and their career and their education. Uh, and everybody's having to look in the mirror right now and wonder who they are in the midst of all of this and wonder what their life is defined by because of all this. People who've put all their hope into their career or their income are now being shaken to the core. Uh, but people whose hope in the Lord, whose strength is in God, uh, they're okay. And that's what Paul was alluding to here. He said, uh, I can do all this. I can do all this and more. No matter what it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. So my encouragement to you this morning is to guard your thoughts. Uh, Guard your eyes with some of the stuff that you're seeing, the conspiracy theories that we see uh, from people on your social media feed. Uh, Remember, it's God who gives you strength to stand and to persevere and to endure. Um, These are times where you don't just wear the jersey. This is the time where you remember you're on the team. God has given you not just a number in a jersey. He's given you a role to play, a position to play in all of this. And I want to discuss more of that here. Verse 31, it says, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And, and when he saw the man there on the side of the road, he passed by. And then it says a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him and he too passed by this man on the other side. The priest and the Levite in this story were men of a religious order and men of faith. And so it is expected of them to do something about what they've come upon. To see the man whose face is lying in the dirt, sweat, blood, bruised, 
laying upon a hot, hot ground, rocks cutting into his flesh. The man, his clothes are torn, his goods are stolen. It is expected that men of a religious order and faith should look at this man and say, I'm called to do something about this. Yet Jesus tells us that they turn a blind eye. History also suggests that the priest himself was coming from having performed religious duties and ceremonies and was on his way home from Jerusalem to Jericho. Which for us would be like us coming straight home from church, straight home from praise and worship, straight home from fellowship and praying with people and ignoring someone that we see on the way to lunch or on the way Monday to get our week started. Jesus is painting a picture here. Some say they love God, but they never serve the wounded. That's the point I'm trying to make. Some people say, I love God. I'm in this for God and people, to love my neighbor as myself, to, serve, to love my neighbor as myself, to, to love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, yet they don't serve the wounded because they don't make room. And that's part of what Jesus is pointing out here. Like this priest and Levite, sometimes people disregard the suffering of others. They see the condition of people. And you hear people say this. Hopefully it's not you, but we hear people say this. Well, he must have done something to deserve that situation that he's in. Well, if he hadn't done this and he hadn't done that, maybe he wouldn't be at this place in life. But we know that's not fair because all of us have been afflicted by turmoil and difficulties and tragedies and trials that we didn't volunteer for, we didn't ask for, and we didn't do anything wrong to earn those situations. They just happened. And this happens to people as well. What I'm saying is that it's really easy to say that's not my problem. It's really easy to say, you know, to look at someone who's beaten down from a recent divorce and trying to make sense of what it's like to be a single parent and deal with the income level that they have and whether there is or is not child support and to just look and say, well, you know, that, that's their bag. They'll have to carry that. It's very simple to look at someone who's struggling to make ends meet and to say, well, I have an abundance, but... You know, really, everybody's got their own cross to bear. It's very easy to say those things. Things like, I I work hard, they should too. Some of those things may be true. They may be very truthful in in when they're, they're said. But what Jesus is making a point of here is not who's at fault, but rather who claims to serve God, but not serve his neighbor. He's making a clear distinction that the two must go together. He's saying you can't just say that you love God and not love people. And you can't just say that you love people and not love God. And he's saying that the person that you think is your neighbor is closer than you think. It's someone who you may not even agree with. In verse 33, it says, A Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. See, the tension you might not understand in this story that I'm reading right now is that For a Samaritan to help this man was unheard of. Uh, Samaritans and Jews had tension between them. There was great tension between them. And so for Jesus to mention to Jewish people that a Samaritan was the one who offered to help uh, when the priest and the Levite, Levite passed him by, that would have been controversial. That would have been offensive to some people because Samaritans were looked down upon. And so it would be like someone who believes completely opposite of you politically. helping someone that you could have helped or should have helped. 
someone that belonged to your party. Obviously, it's bigger than that because it's cultural, but God is pointing out something here. The crowd listening would have had strong negative opinions and feelings towards someone who was a Samaritan. Yet this is exactly what Jesus was pointing out. He was pointing out that the people believing what you believe is not a prerequisite for serving them. He was saying that it's not that they believe what I believe, that they think what I think, that they do what I do, that they say what I say. He's saying there are people who will come into your world. Make room for those who were called to serve. And in our nation right now, politically, socially, religiously, uh, there's a lot of divide, a lot of division. And there is the temptation by many Christians uh, to distance, distance themselves from people, not because of the coronavirus, but to distance themselves because of what other people believe. And Jesus addresses that not just for America, but for the world, for all who call themselves Christians, that, that we're not to look at people like that, but we're actually to see them. If they're hurting, we're to ask ourselves, what can we do? Where can we make room in our lives? To do something for people who are our neighbor. He's saying, this is the kingdom of heaven. This goes with a whole story in this chapter that Jesus is telling. He's pointing out, this is what heaven is. When we help and serve others, even those who don't believe what we believe. When we meet the needs of our neighbor, Jesus calls us to be like the Samaritan. Verse 34 says he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man, lifted him up off of the ground in his broken state and put him on his own donkey and brought him to this inn, this hotel, and took care of this man. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, which is the equivalent of what what my study shows, about $75 to $80. 75 to $80 a day for this man. Imagine just shelling out 160 bucks for someone you don't know just on the drop of a hat just because you found him on the side of the road. What's even greater is this. He tells the man, look, when I return, I'm going to reimburse you for whatever expense you may have. Maybe this man was laying in this hotel for a week before he got back home. Maybe two weeks Certainly wasn't a hospital. He couldn't have been in that bad of condition, but he was bad enough where he needed to lay down in a bed and be taken care of, be bandaged, be fed, be nourished. That could have been a week, two weeks. This could have run this man $1,500. I mean, that's a big price to pay for a complete stranger that you don't know. Yet here Jesus is pointing this out. The picture we see of the Samaritan is a type and a shadow. Get this. It's a type and a shadow of Jesus, who's the greater Samaritan. Jesus is the greater Samaritan in this story. See, the Samaritan bandages the wounds of this man and pours oil and wine on his wounds. Yet Jesus, the greater Samaritan, came to heal our wounds. And he poured out his blood on our places where we're broken. On the places where there was bitterness and unforgiveness and shame. He poured out his blood for us. The Samaritan comes down from his donkey. He comes down from a place where he's riding high, able to pass by the needs that he sees. Yet, the Samaritan places the broken man on his donkey in the same way the greater Samaritan Jesus came down from heaven to earth, lifted us up, placed us in a high place as a son or a daughter. 
of the living God. The Samaritan paid this innkeeper, this hotel manager, to cover any and all the expenses that this man had accrued. And Jesus, the greater Samaritan, paid the great, cro- the great cost on the cross of our sin, our shame, our guilt, our mistakes, our brokenness. Jesus is the greater Samaritan, the one who we truly see in the story. See, the reason we serve people, the reason we serve our neighbor, is not simply for social justice. It's not just so we can be a good neighbor. It's not just for the sake of good, because anyone can do that. We do this because Christ has done this for us. There's a greater cause, a greater reason for us to serve the purpose of God, to serve our neighbor. It's because Jesus first showed us that he is the greater Samaritan. Verse 36, Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law told him, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Much of what you're seeing on the news right now that is part of the hysteria is fear and frustration. And as Christians, we are called to be people of faith and focus. Uh, There are genuine things to be fearful of, uh, but not terrified of in regards to how this situation can play out. It is very much uh, being worked out in many, many different arenas uh, with cooperation from states and cities and the government and, and churches. And that's exciting to see. So even more so, we should be people of faith and focus. I want to close right now and um, pray that you would be strengthened in this season. With all the question marks going on, uh, this can lead to uneasiness and weariness and frustration. And as I was talking with Janelle last night, and we even prayed for our church and just for anybody and everybody we know that we could think of, uh, we were praying some very specific things, that God would give you strength, that God would allow you to sleep, that God would not let fear overrule the Spirit of God in your life, uh, that fear would be pushed back, uh, but that in and through all of this, as God is strengthening you and keeping you, that you would look for your neighbor, the person that you come across on your social media feed, uh, the person that's at work, that you work with, the person who needs childcare next week, the person who's literally saying, I'm a single parent, I don't know what's going to happen, I could lose my job. Those are the situations I'm asking you as Grace Avenue Church to be the good Samaritan for, to look for people. As Christ looked for you, you look for people you can serve. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us think of ways. In other words, we're to be intentional. Uh, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. There's never been a better week in all of your Christian life where all the nation is focused and the city and the state and our church can have eyes to see and ears to hear. Who is my neighbor? Who can I serve? Who can I make a difference for? Um, this week, I plan to gather with our staff and our creative teams and think of ways in which we can do more as a church Uh, so that we're not just sitting on the sidelines and waiting for this to pass by. Uh, There are people in our city who are facing difficulties beyond our comprehension. And um, there are organizations in our city 
that attend to needs such as the need that we're facing right now uh, as, as a city and as a state. And so just quickly, I just want to read off a few that you can participate in. We'll have a, a, a concise list for you this week. We'll put that out for you and we'll email it to you. But the food bank is in, in dire need right now of some things. There's some specifics that they're uh, trying to cover. Uh, and I wanted to read just something to you. Uh, the food bank um, on their website right now, they're asking people to donate $5 for a kit that they are putting together for families in need. The goal is $1 million donated toward that effort, and each kit will include a 14-day supply of non-perishable food items, including canned vegetables, fruit, beans, rice, and soups, as well as hand sanitizer, cleaning supplies, diapers, and pet food. Each kit costs about $5. Guys, we can all invest $5. That's just one of the opportunities. There's plenty more. Um, I was contacted by um, uh, Marvin Hurst from Channel 5, Ken's 5 here, and he let me know that the blood, uh, the blood bank, the, you know, we're going to try and point you to giving blood where, where there are blood drives happening around the city. Uh, when the coronavirus hit, this sends all kinds of things into chaos. Uh, my wife's life was saved uh, through the donation of plasma and blood. It's critical that people have blood when they need it. There was one point where they weren't sure if they had the type of blood they needed. They had to get it from another hospital. Uh, if, if you're not squeamish and you can handle needles, give blood. This is an opportunity for people who get sick in our city. When paranoia hits, when difficulties hit, we can help. Uh, serving the elderly is so important, those who are in assisted living facilities. Uh, many of the elderly that are, are in assisted living facilities don't have family that are close by. That's a word directly from some of our key people who uh, work in this, in this area. And so we're going to see what we can do as a church for them as well, uh, how we can keep their health and safety uh, as a priority and maybe offer goods or services or things that we can do uh, to help them. Uh, the SA Hope Center, San Antonio Hope Center, is collecting food to feed uh, the, the most vulnerable and those who are in poverty. Uh, Meals on Wheels is another organization. Uh, calling 211 gets people in contact with the United Way. Um, and then whenever you see posted on social media, look, these are just some of the ways we can serve our neighbors, people we don't know, people who don't know what we believe. Uh, who, people who we don't know what they believe. We're just being a neighbor in the name of Jesus. Um, as we close today, I want to thank you for uh, joining me online. Obviously, we're going to do this again next week uh, on the 22nd. Beyond that, I'm not sure what, what the plan is. We'll be working on that, strategizing and communicating to you about all that. But um, I want to encourage you in a couple of things. Stay connected to connect groups and teams and friendships and community as much as possible. If you're sick, stay home. But the rest of you, stay connected. And if you are sick, let somebody know so we can help you. But make sure that you're staying connected to people. Uh, you know, they, they've, the city has asked that larger gatherings withdraw from meeting. Uh, but smaller gatherings are fine. And the church, in its inception, this is what they did. The threat was not the coronavirus. The threat was death. <laughs> Whenever you wanted to meet as a Christian, you had to know that your life was on the line. This is what we read in, in the book of Acts and beyond. People were persecuted for their faith. So uh, this is far easier. You can shout from the rooftop that you love Jesus uh, from your computer or your phone. 
and you can have people over for dinner. So encourage people, stay connected. Uh, also, stay generous in this time. Uh, this is a time, like I said, to serve our neighbor, but to stay generous. Uh, you know, commerce, to keep commerce going. Uh, churches, churches thrive uh, in, in situations like the, these, and they spend in times like these. So keep giving, stay generous. And trust the Lord, and let's ride this out together. I want to pray for you as we close today, uh, wherever you are there, in your living room, in your comfy pajamas, uh, sitting in a nice chair, wherever you are, watching on your phone. Maybe you're at work this morning, um, watching live. I want to pray for you and for this week as we head towards a new week. Uh, some of the question marks as we embrace the mystery of what God is going to do in and through all this. If you would, just bow your head for just a second. Father, I thank you for... Uh, the opportunity for Grace Avenue Church uh, to be a light, love, and life to people uh, in this time. God, I thank you that we're a church that's not sitting on the sidelines wondering what's going to happen. God, we're a church that's being intentional, to be interruptible, to be fearless as you were. Lord, as people would come to you and you were interruptible, uh, you made time for people. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear people that are walking through difficulty so that we may see their need and be a comfort to them. Lord, may we see that you are the greater Samaritan, that what you did for us is the model. That, Lord, good deeds, acts of love, good works are not something that we do to honor ourselves. These are things that we do to honor you, to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. Lord Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit right now would strengthen every believer, every person who is hurting, confused, fearful, wondering what is next for their life, for this week. Father, I pray that those maybe who are even afraid to reach out and ask for help would hear this message and realize it's okay, everyone's going through trouble. God, that they would not feel alone or isolated, but that they would reach out to a friend, a neighbor. Reach out to Grace Avenue Church and let us know how we can be of help to our church family. Father, I thank you that, that in this time, you're going to be our strength. As Paul said, we can do all things through Jesus Christ who has our strength. Lord, I pray that we draw on the strength of the Spirit of God. Lord, the Spirit of God, where your word says that it's the same Spirit that raised you from the dead. Lord, I pray that we would lean upon the comfort of the Holy Spirit, draw in his might and power to keep our head clear, our heart clear, our mind clear, our spirit free from negativity and confusion. Father, make us people of faith and focus. And thank you for what you're doing in our lives in the midst of all of this, Lord. We choose to embrace the mystery of what you're doing. We choose to make room in our lives to serve our neighbors. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen. Hey guys, thank you so much. Again, uh, we'll see you here next Sunday. Don't be surprised if this week I jump back on here and we do something else. I'll keep you uh, in the loop as much as I can. Uh, I'm excited about this journey. Uh, remember, the early church met in homes, so they didn't have TV screens. They had one another, and they would talk about Jesus. So wherever you are, talk about Jesus right now. Talk about what you learned from this message. And think about this. Uh, over the next week or two, uh, we may be able to organize, we're going to work on this this week, a way in which we, maybe you can offer your home as, as a place where we can have a watch party, where you can have more families over. Y'all can have breakfast together, lunch together. We're even going to try and strategize different times in which the message is being shown. 
but I can't give you promises on that right now until we work that out. But that is something that we're aiming for this week where Sundays, man, we can have the food, the food and the word together with people that we love and open our homes for that. Next weekend would be a great opportunity for that. We'll organize that on our end to the best of our ability. But even if you're not connected to that with us, feel free to do that starting next week. We just love to see you connected to people hearing from the Lord, growing in and through this. So uh, thanks for joining me today. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.